Asia, expat experts for people living and working abroad, relocating overseas, uh, and investing offshore. Uh, whether that's in property or business, uh, whether you're working remotely for an employer in another country, or you're working as a contractor for your own country, uh, your own company in, in another location. Product or expat experts for people living and working abroad with a UK connection, um, whether that be in Europe or around the world. Uh, you can always contact us for, for more information and advice on our website uh, at projectpartnership.com. Uh, contact us. Uh, in today's Living and Working Abroad show, uh, we've got a range of topics to cover, as we usually do. Uh, and what we're looking to cover uh, today um, are uh, the whys and wherefores around the world affecting expats that are living and working abroad, um, overseas and, and close to home. So let's uh, dive right into that. <clears throat> um, ever so China. So when you've got China, you have to be fragile. Um, it, when you've got China, uh, China can be fragile and it can break. So you have to take care with it and look after it. Uh, and when it becomes the economic uh, dominant force around the world, then it's an interesting situation. It can affect the whole world economy, uh, as well as providing for jobs, for people relocating overseas, working uh, abroad. But there's a bit of a China crisis going on at the moment. They're lagging differently behind the rest of the world because they maintained their COVID crackdown for much longer uh, than the rest of the world. So they're very much in a recession this year. Uh, and we've seen that uh, the Chinese property companies, uh, specifically Evergrande, but also uh, Country Garden, have had lots of international money worries recently and are staving off uh, bankruptcy. Now, if you're part of the biggest uh, economy, which is a, a communist economy, that's inevitably going to lead to uh, nationalization. So in a hybrid economy like China now, Evergrande, one of the biggest companies in the world, with over $300 billion of debt, debt, um, have now found themselves and parts of their business being nationalized by the Chinese uh, government and taken into state ownership. Um, uh, uh, people will be arrested. Uh, uh, subsidiaries of Evergrande uh, this last week have been uh, taken um, into custody uh, and their wealth management part of their core uh, financing has been taken over. As we've said in recent times that China is full of ghost cities of, of apartments and buildings built but not sold. And this is a bit of a, an issue potentially around the world in other locations. Um, and those ramifications from the recession in China uh, post-COVID and with their property boom could have a positive effect around the, uh, the world, reducing inflation elsewhere. But it also has a knock-on consequence um, uh, economically, uh, just as the world adjusts to uh, less capacity or, or other issues coming from China. Um, so it, it is an impact. It's an impact for businesses and for expats, wherever there might be Chinese investment or tourists or, or where you've got a, a business relationship with them. 
Uh, so something to bear in mind. It's something that can affect the economy going forward. Let's move on to our next topic. And the next topic we want to look at today is trust somebody. Um, when you're working, living and working abroad uh, and cross-border, you have to make decisions and you have to find new partners to do business with. Um, and it, but it's not just a case for expats. It's a, it's a case for anybody in this world. Who, whatever you're going to do, you're going to take some opinion or some advice from somebody, uh, and that, that needs to be somebody that's trusted to you. That could come by referral, by recommendation, uh, or it can come from the internet or from influencers. We see lots of influencers on the internet now and on social media trying to recommend and suggest a particular product, service, and advisor. And that's all well and good, but that is just one way of doing it. And it's just a different version. It's a 2020s version. Um, that influencer, that financial influencer, that then we would have had in the past. Um, and it can be a good thing, or it can be a bad thing. It, 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 these things are different. If you have a printer in your business, uh, the printer creates a paper copy, but you don't necessarily need that anymore. You could use a PDF copy. Um, and in the old days, uh, the copies would be produced by monks in monastery that would hand write out books again and again. Um, you've got to verify whether you trust that copy and that process of doing that duplication. So trust is a funny thing. And it's something that we need to, to get. Uh, a, a product, we offer a, a service. Uh, we, we, we are a niche consulting advice business for expats in business for the families to protect that. You have to make the decisions at some point. You have to trust somebody. Uh, and how we prefer to do it is by uh, recommendation and word of mouth from people that we do business with. We're not perfect. We can't help everybody all the time. Um, but if we can build our network through product ambassadors and, and, and through word of mouth, uh, they can be rest assured that uh, product uh, and its partners can look after uh, you, your family, your business, and living and working abroad. Interesting in becoming an ambassador uh, as a, an introducer, uh, an agent, or a, a professional uh, a correspondent in another country working with Proact and Proact clients. Uh, you can contact us about our, our ambassador program and find out more about that uh, online at our, at our website at proactpartnership.com. Thanks very much. The next topic I want to discuss today uh, on Living and Working Abroad channel is um, an economic uh, migrant crisis. So the next topic to discuss today is, is the EU and, and, the, and the EU crisis and migrant crisis that they're going through. Um, Asylum seekers have caused masses of problems relocating overseas for, for many years now. And it, it's become an increasingly political hot topic. And the international legislation for asylum seeking, for people fleeing 
uh, war, conflict or, or oppression is designed to give people safe passage when they leave those war zones. And, and bombs falling in Syria can be a very good reason for that. But it's become a business now where it is being... And that's partly because the world um, international agencies have improved medical health around the world. Um, uh, the mortality rate around the world for children is reduced. And, and we've seen a boom in the worldwide population that more than doubled. There's over 7 billion people in the world and half of those are under 25. The migrants are people looking for work and for a better lifestyle than before. And they're prepared to, <clears throat> they're prepared to uh, make claims to do that. Uh, while they by taking risks to be to, to move around the world, so we've seen that the UK um, Labour Party are are in negotiations with the EU to create a new type of associate membership of the EU. Um, to, to include arrangements such as um, um, migration from the EU. Part of the UK's problem already is that they have asylum seekers coming from, yes, Asia and Africa into the UK, but they're coming from France, they're coming from the Europe. They, under international asylum law, that is a safe haven. They should be seeking asylum in the EU, but the French... Um, managed to choose to uh, choose to not manage their borders and allow those boat passages those asylum seekers in in Europe to 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 get on the boats to the UK and that is a conflict there and, and the the UK Labour Party are trying to do a deal to accommodate some of those asylum seekers it's always the it's a big conflict with the European Court of Human Rights and the EU um, <clears throat> Italy's got a similar problem with 126,000 migrants arriving from North Africa across the Mediterranean to asylum seek and Italy now is passing new uh, asylum laws uh, which is alienating it from some of its uh, northern EU members um, that, that don't want to take in quite so many migrants uh, and deal with the issue of accommodating those asylum seekers under international laws, where if they are genuinely found that their case has to be considered and processed by the receiving state and, and they have to be provided the ability to work or, or financial compensation while they're there. Um, and, and that, if, if a country is not acting in good faith, is a good reason to move people on or out of, of your world. Um, is that what's happening in France? Is that what's happening in France uh, with the Channel crossing uh, uh, asylum seeking crisis? Who knows? Uh, but it's happening in the EU with people coming into Italy. How many of those Italian migrants are getting into uh, uh, northern France and then into the UK? So it's a real issue for Europe to deal with. Countries like Cyprus have taken on a lot of. Uh, asylum seekers. It's a big cultural change for them. 
And, and in the last month, we saw riot shields and, and, and mass arrests of 600 asylum seekers uh, because of the issues that have been created in local communities um, in, in Cyprus for asylum seekers. So it creates issues because of the numbers, but it's a world problem and it needs addressing in the world. And uh, so does asylum seeker laws need changing? Yes uh, or no. No, if it's genuine conflict, but yes, if it's criminal activity that is, is illegally um, uh, allowing people to cross border. To cross border uh, and work, you could get a work visa and you can relocate in that way. And that is the purpose of the EU Schengen zone to protect its borders and the integrity of the people within there. That's what they need to enforce. And so when they're talking about with the UK, they're now talking about offering the UK associate membership back into the EU. Uh, but the associate membership is also looking to absorb countries like Ukraine, Armenia and Azerbaijan and those Eastern Balkan states into, into, in, into the EU. Uh, Kosovo would be another one. Uh, is that practical for the EU? Is, is it something that would create peace and stability? Possibly. Is it something that would create a solution to the problem? Who knows? Having said that, Armenia and Azerbaijan have been at a proxy war for many years now, and that's potentially breaking into open conflict in, 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 in the next month or so. Um, and, and this is what the EU are planning with their associate membership and to involve the, the UK. But is that the answer to the UK's problem? Um, but at the same time, the EU's inner circle uh, are, are creating, uh, are planning to create a new inner circle. When the EU was set up in 1957 with six people, six countries, um, you know, it was a small cooperation between those six countries. Now it's expanded to be a much bigger business uh, with all the economies around the world. And, and with the planned expansion and the associate membership, they want to create an inner council of um, uh, deciding votes, in effect, countries that are the same as all other equal members of the European Union, but they will be more equal that, than the, the other member states, the new member states, the associate member states. Uh, so it's something akin to Animal Farm where you can have a revolution and you can have a dramatic change so that everybody can be fair, treated fairly and equally uh, un under, under the law. But then uh, the whole system creates and, and the privileged class, a new privileged class um, emerges uh, that, that controls um, the, the few. Um, an inner circle in Europe, an inner circle in China, um, these things develop and these things change um, and, and let's see what it is. But the, in the meanwhile, uh, working, uh, living and working abroad, if you want to relocate within the EU, there's a visa system that allows you to work and to get that work permit. And if you can meet the requirements, uh, then you can do that safely and happily. So if you've got uh, a working requirement or property purchase in the EU, and you want more help and guidance, contact us at productpartnership.com.
there's a quick point I want to make on uh, money for nothing or how to create a Rust Belt. Um, so the UK uh, are rushing towards net zero as if it's a thing that, that needs to be done. We may be going into global warming, but for those of you that are old enough, <clears throat> you can remember the 70s, which were very hot. Um, uh, I can remember bad winters as well in the past as well, with lots of snow in the UK. Um, so the 70s were, were uh, typified by very hot summers, but also dreadful economic conditions as well. Um, <clears throat> and, and so global warming is not something new. Uh, the world heats up and it closed down. And decarbonisation uh, is a big topical thing. And we've got governments throwing lots of money at it. The British government are throwing 500 million into decarbonising steel. Now, British steel is a proper expat business owned by Tata Steel, which is the Indian-based company. And, and uh, the, the British government are putting in 500 million into uh, a scheme with Tata Steel putting in 700 million to create um, a change from uh, their steel plants in the UK from being coal powered um, into being electric furnaces um, and therefore reducing the carbon footprint of steel production in the UK, uh, which is all very convenient uh, if that is necessary. Uh, but instead of using coal from Britain and an energy source from Britain, we use electricity. Now, the electricity can come from anywhere, but it's still got to come from somewhere. So if you're replacing coal, you've got to build new energy plants. And so is somebody going to get a wind farm sub subsidy or nuclear, um, uh, a nuclear power station subsidy? Or are we going to import the electric from another country? It's an interesting scenario about what it is. But the worst thing about that, to, to change from an existing um, uh, energy source in coal, from the UK, it's then going to make 3,000 out of 8,000 British steel workers redundant. So is it about decarbonisation or is it about making people redundant? Um, so South Wales is a big uh, steel making area. So already lost many businesses around, around uh, cars and steel production. And is it about to become the Rust Belt of, of the UK uh, as the UK government subsidise uh, a rush to uh, electric clean energy, uh, which is a new source of energy. We've got a new nuclear plant or a new wind farm, uh, a, a new uh, way of somebody making money uh, that is anybody but the workers, the 3,000 workers are losing their job. So is um, a decarbonisation and the rush to a carbon neutral uh, worth it or is it creating a rust belt that uh, you decide um, for more information and guidance on um, anything to do with your overseas business and, and cross-border uh, tax arrangements contact us at productpartnership.com many people comment at the moment about um how the UK economy is in a, is a dreadful state at the moment. Um, but again, for those with a memory, 
you'll see that the 70s could be repeating themselves. In the 70s, we had an oil crisis created by the Saudi, the main oil producers in the world, raising oil prices. It led to things like a three-day working week. People had to stay at home. They couldn't work. Uh, it was exacerbated by strikes, by hot weather, uh, and led to inflation going up to like 15% interest rates and 20% inflation. And it created this period of intense recession uh, and, and stag stagnation within the economy um, uh, that, 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 that stuck with the uh, British economy for a whole decade. Now, what's the difference between that in the 70s and the 2020s that we're experiencing now? Um, the, the COVID crisis started the problem. That, that stopped people working, that stopped people producing. Um, that led to money being pumped into the system, to inflation escalating. Um, the Saudis have now increased oil price again uh, because they can, um, because the, the world's oil, major oil producers, Saudi and Russia, um, <clears throat> want their money for, that, for their own projects. Saudi to uh, modernize their economy for the post-oil, post-carbon economy, and, and Russia to protect their only source of revenue, uh, given that they can't trade with the world, uh, is, is what they can get from the oil that, uh, with their, their, the partners that they've got. Uh, so uh, a rising oil price this year is potentially going to lead to more inflation or more recession or more economic struggles and difficulties. We've got striking going on in the UK, on and on. There's different people with different interests they fall behind on pay, so they strike to get the more pay. But actually, um, <clears throat> post-Brexit, um, the fact that the, there isn't a free movement of cheap labour into the UK from around the EU should actually help the UK economy invest in capital and, and move forward from that position to become a stronger economy, a more productive economy, a high-wage economy. So the, the, the troubles of the UK in the 2020s are nothing to do with Brexit. Brexit was a change, uh, but the stagnation that was in, in salaries and wages in the UK was, was to do with um, a, a low inflation and a money spend uh, from uh, economic policies uh, of the past. Uh, the problems that we've got in 2023 are not dissimilar to the 70s. <clears throat> it needs better government. It needs better financial management and leadership from the Bank of England. Uh, <clears throat> it needs investment in, in new businesses uh, and uh, investment in uh, technology and companies to move forward and, and not to keep subsidising and increasing taxes, uh, which which uh, deflate the incentive to invest and grow um, <clears throat> an economy. Um, overseas businesses will invest in Europe, in the UK, and work cross-border in a, a free uh, economy without the constraints of high taxes and, and cheap money. Um, a balanced economy 
where capital is something of value will lead to the investment in business and jobs that people need going forward. Um, Brexit is not the fault of the UK's current economic woes. Uh, everything else needs to change. Um, for more information and guidance on uh, living and working abroad, across border, investing in overseas property, uh, making a will to protect your assets or putting your assets in trust to protect them uh, against um, uh, if something goes wrong, uh, contact us at proactpartnership.com. So thanks a lot for listening today. <clears throat> we discussed a number of issues. We, we discussed uh, the China crisis and the financial woes where the, the, the government are seizing power and bringing control under the, the, their own remit of um, <clears throat> the debt that's been created by uh, property companies uh, using subsidies and cheap money uh, to build properties that nobody wants to live in. We said that we need to trust somebody when we're doing that. And the way we should do that is, is by referral, recommendation, by working with trusted partners. If you're looking for an opportunity to work with a trusted partner, contact us at productpartnership.com. <clears throat> we're looking at the EU migrant crisis and saying, um, whether it's Italy or whether it's France and the UK, the, the economic crisis, it, the migrant crisis comes from asylum seekers where the legislation is being used inappropriately for economic migrants and not for um, <clears throat> people that are fleeing conflict and terror. Economic migrants should have the qualifications and the capital uh, to create new business abroad uh, and invest uh, or as an employee or a contractor in a new business in their new country. Uh, that requires residency visas, tax registrations, and, <clears throat> and a home abroad, uh, all the things that ProAct is, is an expert at. <clears throat> when you give power uh, to a few people, to when you liberate, give power to everybody, there's always a few that come, uh, come to seize that extra power. Uh, the EU now looking to create an inner circle is another example of animal farm. <clears throat> the UK government uh, subsidising uh, redundancies uh, to chase after uh, a carbon neutral um, <clears throat> and subsidising overseas investment could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. We need to make sure that um, capital is invested financial policy, government policy is correct to allow uh, the people in the EU, the UK and around the world to develop and grow their business. What we're seeing in the econo economies of, of the 2023s and the 2020s is as a result of um, lockdowns, uh, restrictive working practices uh, and, and poor money management by governments around the world. Uh, not any different from the 70s uh, when we had very hot summers uh, as well. So let's look forward to uh, moving forward with sound financial policies, good government and, and good practice so that we can all live and work abroad um, in our overseas property and business and, and prosper 
down the generations. For more information and guidance, contact us at ProPartnership.com.